When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're beep, listening beep, to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Jessie Peluso. May. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. We're here. We're doing it. We're. It's hot, Mike. It's a hot, Mike. Hot, Mike. You're in the living room telling us about um, insurance fraud. <laughs> it's 100% not insurance fraud. <laughs> it's how to get through this American system of nonsense where they'll charge you $900 for a cloth back brace. What the fuck is going on, Josh Nasser? Literally nothing. You got off all your meds. I'm still on Lexapro. What were you on before that? Like, they ha- your, uh, full, your full throttle prescription. So I was 23 years old. Me and a girl broke up, had anxiety, did not have to deal with it, family back east, went to Kaiser Permanente. I, do, I literally don't even remember the doctor looking at me. He gave me a benzodiazepam called clonopin, which is people use as a party drug. I didn't even know that. I took one milligram a day. That's all I thought to take, and I was on it for 16 years. And what was your diagnosis that you needed all that? Panic, anxiety attacks, panic. Did they? Did at any point when you went to a doctor, did any of them ask ask about your, like, uh, your exercise regimen, how often you get outside, if you go into nature, if you they have animals? Me, they all asked me uh, about those things, but they didn't really listen because all the side effects that were causing, like, well, you have depression, you have this, and from my understanding. Like a medication like that, it's good for six months. So let's say somebody passes away or something happens where you have anxiety. Right. It's meant to be temp- temporary. Yeah. So uh, all of these side effects that – because I, I ended up going to therapy and 12-step for codependence and all that stuff. And once I got through all those issues, you would think – and I was telling them. I'm doing all this work myself. I was telling them, yeah, I don't know why. My life is good, but I'm all down and depressed. Not one of them said to me, oh, hey, like maybe you should go off this medication. That's that's fucking insane. You didn't meet one doctor that was like no. on another like at least eastern, slightly eastern no, in style fact, of I medication. No, in fact, I went to specialist. I had fibromyalgia, which is 18 pressure points in your body. Are Inflammation, in pain. yeah, Inflammation. that's serious. So I went to the foremost authority of that. He wrote books and everything. And then I went home and I typed in fibromyalgia clonopin and thousands of chat pages came up saying I don't have fibromyalgia. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I don't have it. I don't. And guess what? I went off that medication. And I don't have it. I have zero, nada, nothing, zilch. That's so fucking, I mean, like, I'm not surprised. Because, like, I, I, I'm the type of person, I don't even like to take a Tylenol. I, like, I try to, I just don't like that type of medication. I don't like medicating a pain. I just like figuring out the sources on my own. I'd rather, like, have a headache for a day than deal with something. But, like, so how did you, what have you implemented into your life to, like, 
compensate for for what those drugs were medicating in the first place? Or did you not need to because you just sort of balanced out? I balanced out and I did the work in 12-step and in therapy and all that. Like, oh, I have anxiety when I'm dating someone and they leave. Oh, it has nothing to do with this person. It has to do with my childhood trauma. Right. So, oh, right. There's a, there's it. always a source. Like, um, I've been going to see this guy, Brett Costin, who's an amazing like life coach and therapist. And he always talks about when there are issues in your life that you're going to be seeking it out in every relationship, every corner of your you know, career, personal life, until you figure out what the source was. Yeah. And a lot of the times when we have arguments, it's never about what it is. Mm-hmm. 99% of the time it's not. So I became really good at figuring out very quickly what, what the source was. Oh, Jesse May uh, canceled plans on me, and now I'm angry at her. No, actually, I was just angry because I wanted because I was feeling lonely. I mean, you can trace it down. Yeah, and, there's, and it always it goes deep. Oh, yeah. And it goes, and you, <laughs> and goes, it goes deep. so deep to the point <laughs> where it goes down to, oh, I'm going to end up lonely, alone, dead on the street crying. <laughs> Because Jesse canceled on movie plans. <laughs> but my brain took it to that. She's abandoning me right. with my stepfather. Yeah. What? <laughs> you didn't want to go see Starship Troopers 9? You're my stepfather. I would totally go see Starship. Yeah. I can't even say it. Starship Troopers 9. I, the first one's like one of my favorite like crappy movies. Yeah, it's like the, right, right up my alley. I think they're doing a series now, a TV series. I see, the series always ruins it for me. But no, I don't know if they're doing, I think the writers are. I don't know if it's the actual Starship Trooper series. The fact that you just cut me off makes me very angry at you. It reminds me of what my father used to do when I was three years old. And I really just, I feel like I need to go to an appointment right now. Wait a second. You remember three years old, your dad I do. I want, and my dad didn't. I, one of my earliest memories is when I was like three, maybe just about three years old. My dad's rocking me in a chair, rubbing my eyebrows. In the dark. Aww. Yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Nothing creepy happened. I know people are probably waiting for a joke, but no, that's, that's just, that's one of my earliest memories. Do you have any early memories? Uh, my stepdad uh, this drowning never me. <laughs> I was going to say, when you start with my stepdad, stepdad, it's never good. Putting me in front of the fireplace. Are you serious? Yeah. My stepdad locking me in the basement. What? My stepdad not talking to me for three months at a time because I didn't put away the milk. I mean, this took such a turn. Oh, yeah. Are you see- So, wait a minute. Okay. My stepdad's literally... My stepdad was an insurance salesman. Very big. Did very well. He wrote himself an insurance policy. <laughs> where if he got declared mentally unfit to work, he would get like 60000 Let's call it 120000 now because that's within the 80s. He would get about $100,000 a year tax-free from the government. So, insurance salesman. Wrote himself a disability policy. Few years later, went to a doctor who was his friend, got himself declared mentally unfit to work. Wow, that's that a man was, with a plan. Yeah, that's he, that's CEO mentality. Kidnapped my little brother during my mom's and his divorce. Oh my Canada. god! Yeah. How how long was your mom with him until shit started to like really um, show itself? She was with him like fourteen or fifteen years, and he was so manipulative. My mom is like the kindest little Jewish. And lady. that's like manipulators are the the hunters, and they yeah. know who to manipulate. Yeah, it's in your body language, it's in the way you sit, it's in the way you wear your clothes and your hair. Like it's very specific. Guys that, like that know how to prey on on people and that's like that. Something that uh, a lot of my women friends like, they'll say to me, you know, I was actually abused sexually when I was a kid, and it continues happening. Everywhere I work, everywhere I go, and, and I always, I even talk to my mom about it. I go, why, why has that happened to the same women? Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's not their fault. No. I'm, what I'm asking is, like, are hunters looking for that? I don't know what that is, but are they looking for that yes. type of, 
Weakness, a hundred percent, because you want to maximize your return, even on hunting. You want to you want to be able to get your prey, and if your prey is weak, you have a better shot. I remember I, I read this. It, it was like a twenty twenty um, segment about how murderers, rapists, and people like that seek out the their their victim, and and so what they did is they ran like this clinical study per se, where they had convicted felons sit on a park bench, and they set up a bunch of people walking by. Just random people of all walks of life, all sorts of tragic backgrounds. You know, just maybe a couple regular people who had a, you know, a relatively safe and happy life, and a few people in there who maybe experienced rape before, or had been attacked, or mugged, or whatever. And so what they did with each one of these uh, convicts is they had them pick out one person from the crowd that they would choose. Just one person they would choose to do whatever they were convicted of. And it turned out that almost every single one of those people were able to choose somebody who had something happen in their, in their past that would have made them a good victim. So you there know, is something. And, and, okay, so I did uh, door-to-door sales for 18 years. So I basically grew up on the streets, like, hustling. I hustled. That makes sense. So I know from being on the street, I see things happen before they happen. Like, I know what you're talking about. What I'm saying is, what you're saying makes sense to me because when you're selling, you have to judge someone right away. Yeah. Are they going to have a gun? Is there going to be a dog? Like, I mean, right. I have guns pulled on me. So growing up on the street, literally for 18 years. And I just remember this, my stepdad. Okay. So oh God, back to the no, early stepdad kinda, memories. No, this is cool. <laughs> this is a cool memory, okay. but crazy. So I grew up, uh, right. Uh, very, uh, very white Jewish area, but we were right next to Washington <laughs> DC, which at that time was like Chicago is now murder yeah. of the world. And my stepdad used to make me go down uh, to the Redskins games, the RFK uh, football games. Yeah. And I would negotiate with scalpers. And these were guys who would pull out. They would pick up. They'd have a gun here in their waist. They'd have like 40 tickets. And the thing is, is the cops, if I'm selling tickets and somebody's buying tickets, I can put them on the ground. I can put the tickets on the ground and they can put the cash on the ground. We can't actually touch. You can't have a physical transaction. Right. Right. So I'd be literally looking at 12 years old. I'm looking at cops basically giving them the finger and negotiating with drug dealer scalpers and all that stuff. That's insane. I just remembered that memory. God, I mean, your stepdad, I always think about people who just have the wrong um, rearing. Like your stepdad sounds very intelligent. Oh, he was a he was the number. Remember when Ar- you don't remember when arcade games came out when they first came out, like the stand up ones. Yeah, he was the number one seller in the country. It takes a certain I amount mean, of intelligence was, to be able to have that influence, and also just to be able to you know, he was an dictate engineer. to his twelve year old to go. He's like outsourcing his manipulation. He, he would. Wa- I remember looking. He would watch <laughs> me. That's exactly right. And do you remember how you felt like as a twelve year old? Did like you a badass? F- right. Did you I feel felt- bonded with him? We got along perfectly until, you know, when you get to be like 14, 15, you start like doing, I'm going to smoke a cigarette or take mom's car. Like until you start being a kid and having your own ideas. Yeah. And once I started that, before then I was his little robot. Yeah. He trained me. Literally, I remember going, I'm being trained. And did you, did it feel like love to you? No. He used to drop me off in the middle of the night <laughs> in the dark, 15 miles from the house and say, figure out how to get home. <gasps> yeah. I remember this in Ocean City, Josh. Ocean City, Maryland. And I went back to his door because I heard like like a pit bull or something barking. And I would be like, oh, my God, there's a dog barking. And I don't know what to do. And he's like, figure out how to get home. I remember that. Yeah. And you've obviously worked through this in therapy because you talk about it so matter-of-factly. Well, I, I talked about it and uh, I figured out what it is. And it, act, it helps me. 
what how what is it and how does it help you because that's abuse think about this as as a comedian how many times are you shunned or shit on coming up by a booker or this or whatever it is yep now it's like the idea of you just keep going you just keep going you keep going you keep knocking you keep going no matter what trying to take personal i mean there's literally i say this there's seven people in the world that i hate okay Okay. six of of them are at the comedy store and one of them is dane cook now besides that I've been saying it on stage. I know he's going to call people, yo, bro, you say you hate me? And I'm going to go, yeah, I don't, I don't like it. You're a horrible human. And it's one of my favorite jokes to say. And every time comedians die in the back going, oh my God. Do you say that? You say that on stage? Oh yeah. I don't give a shit. Oh, that's so good. It's so bad. Do you remember the weekend we met, how we had a, like a dance off? Where were we? In Bellevue? Didn't you, didn't you feature for me in Bellevue? I featured for you and we were doing <laughs> like shots. <laughs> and then there was a guy that we were dancing with. Like, an old guy, guy. An old guy that we were dancing with. Didn't he have a cowboy hat on? There was a, it, was, it was literally you and I were having a dance off with an elderly couple in that club. I remember, I remember the bar and I remember being an old guy. I don't know if he had a cowboy hat. I just remember he was a character and we were, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We were dying laughing. Yes. He was yeah, like, Bellevue. he had like a, like an outfit on and then we did a routine where I ran up, jumped on you, wrapped my legs around you, hands free and we spun like we practiced it for our whole lives. Oh yeah. Do you we're, remember that? We're professional dancers. <laughs> That's the first time I saw you on stage. You do it. And by the way, every time I see you do comedy, I always think of you doing the old Indian man. Hi. Oh, many moons. I don't know why. I don't know why. Because everybody has one joke. Like Leo Flowers, pumpkin seed. Doesn't matter. He's pumpkin seed. You're that. You know? Sebastian oh is Ross Fales. I mean, everybody has oh one joke. Oh, my God. <clears throat> the, I did that once. I was at a... Um, Casino. I, I can't remember the name. Oh God. Uh, West Chicopee. West Chicopee. <laughs> my favorite. Cherokee. I would watch you like Cherokee oh God, Casino. Me. That's what it's called. It's Cherokee Casino. And I did that. I did like the Native American thing, and I was talking. the The point of the joke was, if this one guy who was offended afterwards had listened, the point of the joke was how, um, like modern millennial women have sort of hijack the spirit animal like what the spirit yeah. animal was the to a native animal oh yeah kylie is my spirit animal like uh, no she's trash like yeah. a spirit animal is something that you feel connected with and you're given it at birth by like a Na- native american yeah. shaman you know it's like a right and so i made fun of that and so it's so funny i'm sure you've come across this where people selectively choose what to be offended by without even listening to the whole point of it and this guy comes up after me and he's like, he does this interview and he tries to like frame me. He takes photos of me. He's like, can I take photos for the interview? And I said, sure. So he asked me to put my hand over my mouth like I'm going. And I was like, OK. And then he asked me to um, do some other like Native American pose. And then he goes to interview me. And then he's asking me all these questions about comedy. And then he asked me a question. He goes, how do you feel about making fun of 200 years plus of rape and genocide with your comedy act? And I was like, did you even listen to the fucking joke, buddy? I was making fun of white people. Do you know who he is or his phone number? I, I mean, I could look for it. He, he posted some stuff on See, social I media. See, this is did I make you angry? angry? Oh, God, I, I don't, don't want to trigger you. Well, no, I get so angry, but I'm still on a little Lexapro, <laughs> so I can't. It doesn't get too much. Are you going to come completely off the Lex? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you, totally. are, you, are you a marijuana-er? I mean, yeah. So, uh, I love, uh, 
I love smoking at night and watching Netflix. Oh, it's so great. And I love smoking when I go on before I go on stage because it's funny to me that the audience doesn't know. Yeah. And now they're performing for me. Right. I think it's hilarious. That's fun. You have fun. Like you, you and I are very similar in our style of comedy. Don't you think so? It's whatever. It's yeah. It's ridiculous. It's goofy it's and ridiculous. Yeah. And it's oh, well, I don't know if you you experience this, but I feel as though I get quote judgment from some of the comedians. Because oh he's just goofy well, yeah you, a dick. you you literally can't do what I do I maybe can't do what you do right exactly and it's totally different right and why why spend your energy picking apart what you don't like about how I do what I do yeah worry about yourself right or hey me hey maybe just go yo we're both doing this career that's super difficult to become independent on maybe yeah. one of the hardest careers to pay your bills by besides oh, like yeah. being a, a painter or something like it's a very difficult career to become professional mentally, it's at. very hard mentally and it's very mentally, yeah you get people are uh, there's a lot of um it's it, think it's amazing that i'd say 99% of the work in the very beginning up through until you get famous you do for free you do f so much and even but think about that that's yeah you do. do you know any job that you do for free yep and and on top of that the person that you're working for a lot of times is rude to you yeah the comedy club yes. bookers, a lot of them are rude. Right, and imagine being a woman, That's and they're even more, even more yeah. rude, or yeah. you know, rude, maybe just dismissive and less respectful, and more, you know. Now we're learning like that sexual harassment's a real thing, and so you have, and so you have to, you have to do, you have to want to get up on stage every night, despite all that, male or female aside, all of the constant rejection, and also just not feeling. Funny because you haven't found your voice yet. I mean, it takes like eight years. I just found my voice. I've been on stage for almost 15 years. Can you describe what your voice is? <laughs> I don't mean to be rude, but that's awesome. Oh, voice. That's oh, my voice. whoa. No, no, really. Tell, tell me your voice. Oh, it's, uh... No, no, really. Tell me what your <laughs> voice is because I'm finding mine, I think, and I'm, I'm putting the words together for you. You know, I, I can't put the words together. I just know I'm there. Like, uh, I, I think... It's honestly, like, if I could describe three things, it's very physical, goofy, and raw. Like, that, that's where I feel, that's where I'm having the most fun. Is that your point of view? So, like, okay, let's use this. Yeah, let's Sebastian do this. Sebastian Maniscalco, right? Yeah. His is, I hate everybody. You're yeah. all disgusting. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you, like, what Raise are you that doing? up. That, what that's are you a little doing? low for you. There you go. So, Bill Burr's is, fuck you. You know what I mean? Just, you're, <laughs> fuck, you're a fuck, right? It's fuck you. You know what I mean? It's just you're all fucking cunts, right? So wait, let's do a couple more, please. Uh, Crystalia's. Uh, no, I can't. No, that's actually I stole that impersonation from Avery Pier Avery Pearson. I love Avery. Avery, I go, hey, uh, can I, I'm on stage. He's on piano. I go, uh, hey, Chris, how you doing? And he goes, uh, 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 and I go, uh, well, Chris, you okay? Uh, uh, I mean, Joe I Coy. die Joe watching Coy. Chris Galea. Well, I don't, I don't know what Joe's voice is. Um, I love him too. Bert Kreischer. Uh, he's just party guy. And it's just a shirt his off. Life yeah. Is just like Rogan. Uh, you're all idiots. <laughs> Fucking wake up. Like, you know? Yeah. I was just watching him last night. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, it makes sense. So I'm finding mine, and this goes back to what we're saying. I, I don't know if this is the voice yet, but life is short. Have fun. Yeah. And, and, and don't let anybody negative around you. Seriously. That's, that, but that's my point of view. Yeah. So, what I'm learning, have you done late night? No. Well, not. I've done like a couple shows that are on late, but not late night specifically. So uh, <laughs> it's a, I'm it's writing a, challenge. a late night set. Yeah. And then I put my set one way, and then this manager, and she was real, she broke down the set. She goes, This is great. You need to move the bottom to the top. I go, Why? She goes, Because the top 
the bottom is describing who you are and your point of view on the world. Your stepdad, boom, 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 work, like how you look at life. Now, everything you talk about after that, whether it's your old job or dating or credit card or whatever it is, that's your point of view. Right. So she goes, once you do that, put that up top. And I go, oh, so that's like when finding your voice, like with Sebastian, everything he says is, fine. I don't like orange. <laughs> I don't like orange. You got a tangerine. <laughs> Be an orange. You know what I mean? Like everything is annoying. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm still learning, but that's what finding that's my voice. That's very interesting. You know, the one thing that like I've always been attracted to. You know, it, it's a balance between working on the jokes and making it feel organic. Yeah. Because I'm not, and you're very similar. I'm not a joke teller. I don't stand up there and tell jokes. Like I, I wanna, I wanna relive them. I want them to feel alive and like in the moment, I want to sweat a little on stage. And that, to me, that's the continual challenge to keep that energy and, going. And you know what I realized? Because you're energetic, too. And I realized doing this, writing this late night for the last literally four and a half months, I've only worked on the same five minutes for the last four and a half months. <sighs> See, I need to talk to you because I need to get on that discipline and, train. And what I realized that, oh, I can do that. It's just literally like, it's like a, 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 a golf club, you know, a golfer. You know, let's say uh, your set is a one wood, but you're going right. to use an iron. That's, they're all different forms. So I'm learning, oh, how do I stand there? And I'm not reliving it. I'm just boom, boom, boom. Just boom, being boom. like a robot. I'm just saying it. Now, adding that fun into it, like the illusion of the first time. But I literally, I go, well, I want to do that. I saw, yeah. you know, Gary Goldman's late night set was fucking amazing. We right. did the States, you yep. know, or Jay Larson. He did a, I mean, I go, oh, I want to do that. And yeah. I, I called them and I, I asked, I asked Jay, like, what did you do? And he just kind of gave me a little bit of bullet points and I just took off from there. Yeah. Because I want to do that. And I think that, that that credit, it doesn't mean anything. No one's going to come to see me. It's a notch. It, it's just a notch. That's all. It's one of the milestones in this career that hopefully you just, that's the thing. Like if you just think about all these like little cool things we can achieve as comedians, you know, just going from feature to headliner, being passed at comedy clubs. Uh, getting an agent, getting going your out of the country, going out of the country. I went to Dubai to do stand up. How was that? Amazing. Yeah. And crazy. Yeah. Here it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Did you go? Who did you go with? Tehran sent me. Tehran okay. Epic, okay. And yeah. I went over there and literally I didn't have to pull any punches. They're doing, they were smoking, drinking, Yeah, they partying. want it. Yep. The, uh, the only thing, there was no drugs there, but they were the girls, short skirts. Like it no was no drugs, a, but a lot of la labia. Yeah. A lot of labia. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like <laughs> Dubai, though, as a place because you could see the oppression. You could feel it in the yeah. air. Yeah. It feels I, like someone's. It feels like somebody who got a facelift, but still there's some shit that sh they missed. A lot of heavy shit. Yeah. A lot of heavy stuff. And then I asked around the locals, and they told me things, whether it's true or not. I was like, oh, I don't support this place. You yeah. can't build something that quickly. If you look at the pictures from the 90s, there was nothing there. And now it's like a, a super it's totally built Vegas. up. Yeah. You, know, you can't that's, slave labor. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, I went to um, I asked where you, who you went with because I was in um, uh, Lebanon. Whoa, really? I went to Beirut. Wow. And it's so funny because, you know, probably not so much with you with Dubai. When you hear Dubai, you, you, I don't know if you were. But when I heard Beirut, I was like, well, I don't fucking know if I should go there as a woman because I'm a little naive about what's going on. Yeah. No, you I know. felt it because I'm Jewish. Right. And they said, just don't say it. <laughs> You're like, OK. Or what will happen? Exactly. So <laughs> like I kind of need to know the dot dot yeah, dot. Yeah, yeah. So wait. You know? So you didn't. Say, you know? Did you not say you're a woman? No, I, I didn't. I hit it. You know, I I I uh, <laughs> hit it. No, I just. 
culturally they were it was the same thing where you could literally like there's these brand new buildings and next to it was the ghost of some you know war a building with a hole in it and so you walk around you can see the progression but the progression is literally in the shadow of war that happened a decade and a half prior we're so dumb as we're, spaces. we're so dumb and also like as americans you know, our perspective is so skewed because we've had it so fucking good. Yeah. Dude, you woke up today, you got some organic French roast coffee. You know, I, there's, I, I got all sorts of weed. I got three dogs, food in the fridge. And that's, sometimes you just expect that shit to be there. When's the last time you had a missile land a block from you? <laughs> Excuse me, what happened? Oh, I got, I'll be a little bit late. Why? Oh, I had a missile. There was a missile. Can I take the day off? Think about that. War torn. They say a war torn country. Yes. You just have a missile go yeah. off. And then you go about your fucking day because that's just, that's just how they do. My brother lived in Israel and uh, yeah, it was like that. What? So now how many siblings do you have? I have an older brother, an older sister and two younger half brothers. And were all of them in the house when your stepfather was locking you in so basements and having you My older sister, my older brother, he kicked basically... When they started, when when they had their own opinions, he kicked one out. Then the other one, had a, then they kicked them out. And by the time it, that he started to kick me out, my mom's like, you know, she kind of was waking up and like, fucking a. She goes, no, like he kicked one out. Okay, maybe two, okay, two, but the third one, no. And that's when he went nuts. And how is your relationship with your mom through all of that? Like, She's did you so resent sweet. her? I did. Um, I did. Like, I remember when I was, like, 30, I flew home to D.C., and I had so much anger inside about that that I literally did – I didn't even leave the airport. I literally booked another plane and flew Oh, back my here. God. But I worked through all that, and, like, she's just a little pumpkin. She's, like, the nicest human ever. Yeah. And she was manipulated by this guy, and she did – you know, she said to me, she goes, uh, I don't remember – like, she goes, I was in love with your dad. She goes, I don't even remember falling in love with, you know, your stepdad. I remember him saying, I'll take care of you and your three kids. Oh my God. That's all. That's what he did. So she goes, I just want, you know, she and, was 24 and, years old with yep. three kids and he came in and, and he, like you said, yeah. he found the weakness. Yep. And she's like, well, here's, she, you know, she was just thinking of survival for you guys. That's it. That's she's like, exactly how can I survive with my kids? And this guy said all the right shit. And so did they get divorced? I'm assuming. Yeah, they got divorced. He kidnapped my little brother, took him all around the country. It was going to be on America's Most Wanted. What? Yeah. How yeah. long was he kidnapped for? Mm, over a year. Holy fuck. Yeah. Changed so your his mother. Name. <gasps> she didn't know. Oh like, my God. How yeah. old was he at the time? I don't remember, but pretty young. Young enough to where he came back, he was programmed and had to be unprogrammed a little bit. Fucking. Um, but now he knows Stockholm his dad disease. is crazy. Yeah. He knows his dad is crazy so is he your half brother he's my half brother but he's my real brother yeah yeah right but like i'm just after, talking like on yeah. you know family, i have all that half and step and i after get it my parents got divorced my stepdad went and married because he's orthodox jewish he went and married a filipino lady who doesn't speak english perfect yeah <laughs> perfect for him yeah, yeah he needs to be able to control yeah. somebody did he fuck her through a hole in the sheet no 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 no, no is no. that hasidic or is I that orthodox know. i've heard that i don't even i just do that <laughs> thank you how, how, how much of a thread count? Two? Do you know it's just burlap? Bring, do you know guys bring condoms on dates? <laughs> I wonder if people, guys bring sheets. But, uh, you have two great jokes that you've... Do you mind if we stop by Ross? I want to pick up some sheets. You Why? need to do the missile? I can't. And you need to do that. <laughs> just I like, can't. I just bring a sheet. I just show up. So one of my jokes, which is true, but it's not to my little... I send my brother crosses in the mail. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> 
because he's an Orthodox rabbi. But what? I, yeah, I just send him, and I go. I go to the Latino section of Ross, <laughs> which is uh, all of Ross. <laughs> just, I was just say it literally yeah. is all of Ross. Uh, but I send him. But I really, what I, and then I say, I write on the box, Jesus saves Jews invest, and then I just send it to him. <laughs> Uh, but I really sent my brother, my other brother, I sent him a cross. Like a, I get the most Jesus cross I can, and I just send it with no note. You know, it's weird because look what's on your coffee mug that I chose. I choose the coffee mug. Oh, Jesus. It's a Jesus mug. Dude, okay. I I'm, thought that'd be perfect for you. I'm butchering this joke, but Sam Tripoli, who's one I love of my him. favorite. Yeah, he's so great. He said, you know, it's, I'm butchering the joke. It's okay. He goes, he, something along the lines of, <laughs> you know, as comedians, we all have bad road gigs. You know, he goes, you got to gotta think that jesus probably had a road gig bad road gig he's on the mountain he's like thou shalt not blah blah and some guys in the audience heckling going boo jesus bring on the guy that juggles chickens boo bring on the guy that juggles chickens yeah boo bring on the guy that juggles chickens boo jesus i mean he probably did think about you you can't the only way you get great is if you fail but how do you think of juggling chicken sam Tripoli? you're brilliant it's ridiculous. That's it's, that's your brand. I love your voice Trump. is ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. What is um, who's one of somebody you really enjoy watching all the time? Sebastian. Do you? I can watch him. So I do videos of him because I can impersonate. Yeah, him. Yeah, you do it really well. And then uh, I post him and I tag him. No response. <laughs> <laughs> I know he sees him. I know he sees him. Yeah, of course he one hundred percent sees him. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. None. No response. No. Uh-uh. I mean. I, okay, so my brother and his wife love him, and they wanted to see him in New York, so I hit him up on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, hey, my brother, you know, they'd love to meet you. And I'm thinking in my mind, and I want to do it on stage, right? he goes, I don't even know you. Now I got to <laughs> hang out with your family. <laughs> and then they'll be like, how do you know Josh? And I'll go, I don't. I don't even. <laughs> I mean, I like, I love Sabat. He's so he's great. So, he's so, um, Amazing. Alluring. He's so annoyed at everything. Yeah, he is. He's very annoyed at I everything. Can't. Uh, Does it get old? Is it one? Is it a one-trick pony, or is it just a strong point of view? Um, it's a strong point of view, and I understand what you're saying. Like, is it but, one note? Yeah, but I'm the door. So, for instance, we worked together six years ago. I still die I, every time I think of you. <laughs> I think of the Native Indian, and I die laughing. Somebody else does too. I can't. I can't. I love it. It's like, like the three favorite people. song. I love it. <laughs> I watched it every night. I worked. I watched and died. I don't even remember what the joke was. It was my favorite. I'm gonna have to go back. I might just have to bring it back just for you. Uh, I just might just sprinkle it in. And then, um, did you see Gary Goldman's late night set about the uh, this uh, states? Uh, I did. I don't remember the actual. I saw a couple of us. He did one set just like on cookies or something. It's amazing. Like he I mean, one subject. Yeah. I was blown away. I, I don't know if it was the States. What's the one on the, the States? One of the States is uh, who abbreviated the States. Yes. I, I mean, it's just yeah. Like, what is he? Sh- they gave up on something. What is it? Do we need to look it up? And he does near to well. He just uses words <laughs> near to well. He goes, and how well? Near to well. I mean, he's just. He's, he is, he's goofy. He is amazing. Yeah, I know. He is really, really good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I love Sam Tripp. I love Sam Tripp because when the audience doesn't laugh, he's like, nobody's with me. Yeah. Well, nobody's well, with and me. Then he, and then he fires out some like really ridiculous yeah. stuff. Like he's like, oh, nobody, li- nobody likes to get their asshole licked. Come on. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Oh, you guys like that? How are you? That's what he says. How are you? Every time. How, how are you? How are you? I love his posture. He has the worst posture in the business. 
<laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> the worst posture. It's my favorite. He's like, he just like is so slunched yeah. over. Uh, yeah, he's great. He really is. Like, I saw him. Uh, we were at the Sycamore Tavern yeah. a couple weeks ago. Six people, and he just crushed the I room. No him. one could crack him. He came in like, what the fuck is going on in here? And just cracked him open. Who do you like? Like, who makes you laugh? Um, Honestly, Dalia makes me I laugh love so hard. He's ridiculous. So good. Oh, uh, He's so tapped in. If him and Theo right now are just like. And, by the way, Chris is so angry inside. <laughs> he's so angry. He's so angry. And I text him like, I know you're angry. <laughs> He's so angry inside. <laughs> if you watch Why is him, Chris D'Elia so I angry? I don't know. <laughs> he is one of my favorites. I die oh, like, yeah. And his podcast, oh. his po- he just, he looks in the camera and he's like, he's so funny. If you watch him perform, he destroys, destroy, destroy. Yeah. And then when he goes, I'm done. You know, there's a moment from when you say you're done until the four steps till you walk off stage. Yeah. Total depression. <laughs> it just goes from the la- happiest guy of the party. Yeah. Total depression. Yeah, and I see back it. In. And I go. And now I, I'm going to recognize. And now I text him. It. I go, I see when you're angry. <laughs> guy is on top of the world. Every girl loves him. Money. Yeah. Fame. And he's a great actor. Angry inside. And that just goes to show you that like. Oh, Sometimes the root of this is a really yeah. painful place. I wonder what his pain is. I don't. And I don't even know if it's real. But I just. I, I like te- I text him. And if he doesn't text back when I see him, I go, I know you see my text. <laughs> I know you. I know you're busy. But you I say think, that to him? Oh, 100%. Does he laugh? Yes. <gasps> oh, God, He's great. So he's. Funny. I would say he's definitely him. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt. Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Like, together. Theo, well, Theo has gotten to the place now where his sentences <laughs> are the most ridiculous. He, he makes up words. Y'all ever seen a pack of quate? What? <laughs> what? It's a pack of quate. I used to sell gerbils. I mean... <laughs> I mean, he is, he's like, he, he, you know what? He should be elected as the president of hillbillies, just, just Southern hillbillies. Like they, that he is their guy. Like how Joe Coy is to Filipinos. Theo Vaughn is to hillbillies. Joseph. Yeah. Joseph. 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 Fuck you, Joseph. (laughs) Dude, he's Joseph forever. Have you seen, back to D'Elia, have you seen D'Elia do impressions of Mark Wahlberg? No, is it good? He's because now he made me watch Mark Wahlberg on Instagram because he's like Mark Wahlberg's like get up, I get up at five a.m. and I'm I'm working out. Oh, this is what are you doing? Like, are you waking up? Are you working out, bro? I'm waking up. I've been up since three a.m. Yeah. He's like every day Mark Wahlberg gets up earlier. He's like I've been up since yesterday, bro. I've been up <laughs> since yesterday at three a.m. I've been up all day. Have you seen him do Eminem? Yeah, he's. Uh, he deserves all of it. He does. And when people go, oh, he was born, his dad was... I go, Fuck okay. that. Fuck that. I go, Fuck it. Who cares? I go, go on stage and do what he does, yeah. asshole. Follow him. Yeah, go follow him. Go follow him. Dude. He's a 10-minute bit about elevators. I mean, I An Australian. Can't. Oh, you mean lift? I, <laughs> dude, he's so funny. He's so fun. Yes. And, like, um, and that's the thing, like, I do appreciate the acerbic, smart, quick-witted zingers. But there's, he feels alive. Like his comedy just feels alive. He's like Dane Cook if Dane Cook made it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dane Cook been? Where honestly, is the bro? I, honestly, I don't, I don't know. Where I, did DC go? I, let me tell you why I'm hating on yeah, Dane Yeah, tell Cook. me. I want to know. All right, this is what comes. I want to know. It's, I hate bands. 
You want to know what it is? I want to know what pain is. I just, there was a uh, B at the beginning of it. I'm sorry. What's that where pain is? Pain, pain oh, is. Okay. I, I don't know why you can't hear what I'm saying. I'm saying it very clear. I don't know what pain All is. All right. So, and this is bad. And he's going to get mad at me. I don't care. That's so fine. I was out with um, <laughs> Jay Davis and him eating wings like eight or nine years ago. Right? It sounds like a date rape just waiting to happen. Just, okay. So <laughs> Dane ordered like, let's say barbecue wing. Okay, great. And I th- maybe I showed up like five minutes late. And Dane's wings came. And I go, oh, can I get one? Mine are literally on the way. I'm going to eat one. He goes, no, dude, wait for your own. And I go, you don't break bread, dude. dudes, like, hanging out. Yeah, you, I'll give We're you a wing back. Out. And that's, and it's so trivial. But then, yeah, and then also. But that's indicative of Also, just bumping things. comics. Yeah, for a long time. There's a comic that I know who's very, very funny who had every agency out to see him. I see. I mean, all the big ones. They all came out to watch him to possibly sign him. Right. Dane Cook came to the improv, knew that from what I understand, and bumped and did 45 minutes. Oh. And then that guy didn't, they didn't get to see him. And the ones that stayed there were tired. Uh. So that's the kind of thing I say because who knows if that comic had to pay for their parents that were sick or this yep. or that. And that could have gotten them. That could have so helped it, him or her, whoever yeah, it was. It was him. Yeah. But yeah, it, it could yeah. have. And people don't realize that, yeah, not all of us are just doing this for fun. And it's, no, there's bills to be paid. Right. And there's things. My mom's working right now. Because my sister's ex won't pay. So this is not a game. It's not a game. And, and just getting stage time in this town, you gotta, you have to be on your hustle at every level. Yeah. Like, you know, it might be a little easier if you're uh, Dalia <laughs> and a Rogan. But you still, like, you know, I, I'm emailing and messaging my friends all the time. Like, hey, you got a spot? Like, I need to get up. What about Callan, by the way? Callan is a sexual monkey. I... Why do you mean? He's, he's just, he's, he gives, he's like, I, I feel like he's ready to smash all the time. I can't. I love <laughs> and he's married, but that's his energy. I just love how he feels himself on stage. Oh yeah, he has this thin jacket. I saw him a couple nights ago. I love, he's one of the people like with you, you know, Adam Ray, I always gut laugh with. Like he come, he saw me, we were in the green room at the, at the comedy store and he's like, Jesse May. I'm, yeah. <laughs> and then when he, and he's like petting oh. himself. He had this like thin windbreaker on. And he's like, I don't know how this fabric's going to keep in all my manliness. I'm like, I don't know either. Is it going to break open? He's like, it's broken open already. You just can't notice it. Off stage. This yeah, is off stage. stage. He's or never off. He on stage when he's like, uh, yes, I, you know, I drove one test. I don't know if I should drive the other one. I have two tests, but that's right. It's not important. I'm on, I'm on ABC. Anyway, <laughs> so I've got two tests. I mean, I didn't mean to bring it up again. And you go, he's just literally bragging. Yeah. I have two tests. Uh, that's his point of view. It's bragging. It's, amazing yeah, POV is bragging oh I love him he is, he's a lot of fun he's a lot of fun to watch on stage he's just he's unpredictable and ridiculous and Dalia and him on stage are amazing yeah I haven't seen that together uh, all Dalia does is pick on his hair they there was a video of them when they were on the road and it Callan goes your hair plugs yeah, look yeah. so good yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was picking on his hair them together is just really fun it's fun to see that I don't like Adam Ray because He's so delicious. His <laughs> voice is out of right. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, perfect. It is. Every girl loves it. It's more jealousy, by the way. Adam. His hair is got a hair lot is of amazing. He has the hair of a three month old Mexican boy. He's just a. F- <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen their hair? It's, yeah, it's just beautiful. Thick and so, luxurious. It's not that I don't like him. I'm jealous. And then uh, if I text him, he doesn't text me back. I always text back, good talk. <laughs> uh, just good talk. <laughs> good talk. I mean, Adam Ray. Okay, what about some chicks? We've been talking about dudes. I love Whitney. Whitney and I have bonded. She doesn't talk to me. She doesn't? Like, I don't even exist. What? It was me and her at Flappers the other day in the same room. No one else is there. 
didn't even acknowledge Maybe she's working on something. Maybe she's in. But she was also really sick. So maybe she was sick and also working on shit. I'm just saying. I like her. Were you a ghost? Maybe you were a ghost that day. Sometimes you have ghost energy. You don't realize it. No, no, no. It's every time I see her. Really? You did something. No. You did something. It's your fault. I've never. Wait a second. What's it? Give me another stepdad memory. Let's trigger. Jesus Christ. I like smart, powerful women. I like like I'm attracted to that. I don't mean. I mean mentally, like hanging out. I like smart. And I love that she's smart and powerful. Yeah, she and I and I love. I love how she runs shit. Yeah, and I just I love oh, her so point awesome. of view. I love um, how generous she is. She's a very generous comedian, just with her time, with promotion, with just being like a team player. She's been pretty dope to me, so I appreciate her. And uh, she takes out this comedian named Jessica Wellington on the on the road. Yeah, comedy store. Yeah, so she helps. At least my opinion, she helps female comedians. She does. She like she, a lot. Oh, she goes out of her way she to help. Yes. So yep. You know, and then the idea. I mean, she wrote two broke girls. From what I understand, she didn't even go to, to set because she wrote it. Like yep. she didn't need to. Yep. Like that's baller. Yeah, and I don't know how much true that is, but no, it's true. I've ugh. heard the same thing. And like her work ethic is ridiculous. Okay, so I used to go to the same gym as her, and she would be on the treadmill with the notebook. Up and down, not not treadmill, the thing that you know, legs up yeah. and down, kind of like gazelle. And she's writing the whole time. That's insane. She just that's posted a video of her ethic. doing that the that, other day. That's real. That's not that was that was eight years ago. Like that girl's worth work ethic is awesome. That's in, that's it's inspiring. It really is inspiring because it, it comes to the point where it's like anyone can say they won't get something because of something. Like because I'm a woman, because I'm black, because I'm I got one leg, because my point of view is this. But the reality is, you can fucking make it work. You really can. The only one that's holding you back is yourself. Yeah. I don't know why I turned this into like a budget Tony Robbins moment, but it was perfect. I'm going with it. Wait, I'm trying to think. Wait, wait I'm trying to think. Uh, what other chicks? Um, you know I who I have a lot of fun watching. Um, I'd have to say Probs. I mean, obviously Ali Wong, but um. She's so she is good. Kelsey Cook is good. I've known Kelsey Cook for a long yes. time. Kelsey Cook. Kelsey's really funny. She's very funny. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. And a dork. She plays foosball with her mom. Total dork. I mean, I can't. And she's engaged and yep. amazing. And she's Kane living her amazing. life. She has cats that just rub all over her face. And she makes good cookies, just so you know. Does she? She's oh my God. never made me so a fucking cookie. Let me cookie. tell you the kind of person Kelsey Cook is. Uh, I went up to Seattle before she even moved down here. Yeah. And someone reached out to her and Kane, her fiance, and said, hey, a, a comic needs a place to stay. They let me in their house and stay with. They didn't even know who I was. Well, this I mean, knowing you, I, I wouldn't even let you stay, and I know you. No, I'm literally here right now. <laughs> I literally am here right now. I'm literally sleeping. You're like I Airbnb. I Airbnb your couch. Oh, wait, I really want to think of the females that I watched that really make me laugh. Um, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, you got your Sarah Silverman's, you got your Whitney's, Sarah you got your 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 um, uh, uh, Ali Wong's. Beth Stelling, I think, is really good. I love how, like, minimal. Beth Stelling is so talented with the ability to not use a lot of stuff. Just her voice. I haven't seen her grow out that much. Yeah, she's. I think she's more New York based and writing a lot. But I've so always enjoyed her. There's a Yamanika girl, Saunders is my yes. bitch. I've known her for years. There is a girl out here who's already a beast on stage. She's gonna be uh, Becky Robinson. Oh yeah, I love Becky. She did your show the other night at the improv. Was it fun? Dude, this girl like lit it up. She's already she's when she gets uh when she knows how good she is. Like I already know how good when she yeah. knows how good she is. It's no stopping it's, her. Dude, the shit she was doing. What did what, she get? What sin did she get? Cuz you guys did my I 7 Deadly Sins show. I don't remember the sin she got. What I remember is 
that didn't confine her. Right. She was all over the place. She was doing a character. She is a very good character comedian. Yeah, so this girl, like... Uh, and she's from Wild and Out. Yeah. She did Wild and Out yeah, on yeah. MTV. I mean, she's like... Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. She's like, wow. And she's also a good person because one time, uh, two summers ago, in the midst of me having a lot of panic attacks post my crazy relationship. Oh, you had them too? Yeah, I had a lot of panic attacks because I was in a relationship with someone crazy. You know, he had borderline personality disorder. I had to get a restraining order. And just, I was having panic attacks. And one night after a show, I had a panic attack and I was with her. And my panic attack, I was with her and Thomas Dale. I, I love her. She is amazing. Uh, she <laughs> is really amazing. I mean, I mean, the type of woman I am is I keep a ladder in my trunk, and I don't want to have to tell you why. He's amazing. He's amazing. Okay. And so we're in a car. It's it's him, Thomas Dale. It's him, her, uh, Thomas Dale, and I, and, and Justin Martindale. And we're going to Ben Glebe's birthday party. So this is in August. I think his birthday is in August. And my panic attack is in full Aww. fucking fear and loathing in Las Vegas, full throttle. I make them stop the car and get out, and I walk about two miles to Ben Glebe's house while they drive alongside me. Yeah. That's how bad it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and Becky walked next to me to make sure I was okay. Yeah, yeah, And, like, you know, it, people don't realize that you can have these moments in life and not have mental illness. You can have these episodes where you're just trauma has dug its its claws into you and you have to find your way out and i like i always remember that like every time i see her i'm like that's a that's a unique person who'd walk in the street with me because or on the sidewalk with me because i was just having a moment it might yeah. not have been two miles but you know she just was like chill you stopped the car and you had to walk with a car i mean i, I couldn't get, get in the car yeah, i thought it was gonna crash i was like i can't be in here something's yeah. not right I, you know you just get into these spirals with panic attacks sometimes oh i've been there yeah, yeah, yeah. i haven't had them in like a long time but so she makes me laugh. She's great. Yeah, She's she is great. What's one of your favorite things? Like, you know, I always think, like, every time I see you or just even one of our friends, like Adam Ray, even Theo, like, it feels like family. And one of my favorite things is just, like, hanging out afterwards and, like, just seeing you for a few minutes in the hallway. Yeah. And just having fun and shooting the shit. Like, because you're one of the people that you hang out. Like, you go to comedy clubs. Like, you must just enjoy it. I immediately go into on mode when I see you. Like, I know, because totally you know it makes me laugh. And I'm like, all right, time to perform. Because we'll play. It's playing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I see my play date, and I'm going to have fun. And I we play with one another, we do. whatever I can to make you go, you're ridiculous. That's Your faces, like, I remember. <laughs> I, I literally have no idea what she's laughing at. One time, you've done this multiple times. One time, I think it was at the comedy store, and we hadn't seen each other. We hadn't said hello to each other yet. You were across the room out on the patio. And I just happened to pan across the people, the sea of people. And I look over and you just were staring into me with your full, like, top teeth exposed. So uh, I remember when that was. And I'll literally do that for four <laughs> minutes. I'll li- I'll until like, you make, until the- <laughs> make the eye contact. <laughs> I will literally do that to someone. And I'll stare. And then look at me. It, the bit has to be completed. Oh, uh, you have to. Co- you have to commit I to the bit. I do that. And yeah. I knew, now I, I love. Um, I love like. Uh, <laughs> I love the TV setting on Instagram when you can zoom in on people. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I'll do that everywhere. You and Justin Martindale and I have had the longest thread. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> we have to right. get back into it. I love that. Yeah. Where you just send random shit. Yeah. yeah. I send. I send uh, <laughs> pictures of people that I know annoy Justin. <laughs> 
and then I gotta see if I've got some saved. And then he'll just write back, no, <laughs> death. <laughs> Next time, never mind. Let me see. The, it's amazing. The latest one you sent, let's see. Um, you sent a picture of a Martindale, like this older guy who looks like it could be Justin Martin. Who is this guy? Look. I'm looking to see. Who is that guy? Oh, that's just literally some random guy on Instagram, I it, think. It looks like Justin Martindale yeah. in 20 years and a lot of meth from and now. by the way, if you get a chance to check out Justin Martindale's hair, uh, it's delicious. Just, and Martindale also is like our friend, but an amazing comedian and, and well-deserving of everything that he's doing right so now. So his <laughs> bit that I love is he goes something like, you guys, do you, know, you know why I don't do acid? Because I'd be the guy at Disneyland. And then he, he does something... <laughs> He does something with his arms, you know, like, uh, you know, those things that the, go, the, the, the guy, yeah, yeah he's the flappy, he's the car, the so, used car yes. lot guy. So he goes, I'd be looking like that guy at Disneyland, <laughs> just walking around. <laughs> so Justin makes me die laughing. Justin's very theatrical. He is fabulous. Yeah. Justin's really great on stage. He's a lot of fun. He is. Yeah, what, I like him a lot. Where, are you going to be anywhere? You got any shows coming up? Anything you're excited about? Um, I am excited because we're actually working with Justin Martindale. Uh, we're filming um, uh, the Funny Dance Show. Oh yeah! So I did warm up for seven years for every, when I first started for every. You'd network. be great at that. I did it, um, and I would do big game shows that were like twelve hours. So it was ridiculous what I I do. I do dance competitions, lookalike competitions, trivia, and it was hell. So now anything less than like an hour, or anything less than like three hours is you're great. like money. It's easy. So uh, I'm doing more up on that, which is kind of cool because I think there's a lot of execs and people coming down there, and it's totally free for them. Yeah, and I can do my stand up. I can do anything I want. Any restrictions? No, I'm that's doing, awesome. I'm doing taping that. I'll be there on the thirtieth. You're doing the show? Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it'll be so much fun. Uh, so I'm doing that, um, and then stand up. And I know I have stuff. Basically, what I do now is the only thing I'm working on is my late night set. Yep. And I want to submit that. And uh, so I used to do door to door door to door sales of frozen meat. I sold meat door to door. And that's the reaction I want to get. So, wait, did you, ha- how did you keep the meat frozen with you? Oh, it's all back in the freezer. Hey, sorry to buy the wholesale steak, see if you guys get steak in the household. I'm going to show you what I got. That's it right there. I got New York strips, Delmonico's, Ribeye's, T Bowls, Hamburger Patties. Now, Jesse, if I can't pack a freezer, I'm going to give you free. Don't worry about it. Take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, personal checks, cash I use in children. Not the children, but I got good steaks. T Bone, only bone of the bunch besides one of my pants. Show you what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just bought three years worth. Yeah. I just bought like a lifetime subscription so, to your frozen meat. What I'm praying Selling for. Selling meat. What was the company? Uh, it was called Prime Cuts. I own the company. This is So I had 22 guys what do you working mean? for me. Wait, I, wait, what? wait. Okay. So I came out to LA. Oh my God. I got two TV shows on the air. Yeah. I was hosting two worldwide TV shows on the air. Uh, I was doing crowd warm up and then I started this company because I, I got, I wanted to make money. Yeah. I had a house in the hills across from Kanye West and then the career started to go down because I had 22 guys working for me. I was doing all this stuff, plus on the Medicaid, crazy. So you started this frozen meat company yourself? I did it in high school, and uh, and I was good at it. And then I came out here, and I would do it. That was my day job. And I'd be like, I got to go make three grand. And I'd go out and make money. I got to go make five grand. I gotta go. So I'd sometimes make like five, 10, 15 grand in a day. And the irony is your stepdad probably instilled a lot of that that's, hustle in you. That's the silver lining that's right there. all that it was. Because he taught me to keep going, be a robot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So uh, And how to think on your feet and how to adapt and change and make it, it work for you. So I became literally one of the best salesmen in the country. Like I was known throughout the country in this circle. Because there's companies that do this that bring in like 30, 40 million a year. 
Of just off of sales. Just of sales of frozen food. Because you ever like, have you heard of Omaha Steaks? Yeah. It's the same as that. It's all vacuum packed, frozen. Right. So I'd knock on the door and I go, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I wholesale steak. You ever heard of Omaha Steak? Okay. It's the same kind of thing except we bring it to you. We cut the price down in half because we don't have to ship it to you. Oh, I'll take a look. And then let's say I sell to Jesse May. I'd knock on someone's door and be like, oh, I just finished up my delivery down the street to Jesse. Jesse sent me down here. Oh, I know Jesse. So then you start doing a street. So before you know it, you've done 15, 20 grand in sales in three hours. Are people still doing door to door? Huge business because it is like, see how the attitude you have is like, whoa, it's such like a niche, like, oh, that's kind of cute and old school. And, yeah, okay. it feels like the and, 1980s. And you have like a, a, a pickup truck that's beautifully wrapped with a freezer and you have licenses. So it's not a weird thing. And I have a you know company shirt. And you wear, you basically wear like, you look like a college kid. You had a baseball cap, company shirt, and shorts. Right. So you were like, hey, Approachable. I'm Yeah. Um, so I wrote a meat set about that. I wrote a set about that because it's so ridiculous. So this is what my goal, God willing, I want to get it on Jimmy Fallon. I think you totally can. I used to carpool with Jimmy Fallon to the Groundlings. What? Me and Jimmy Fallon used to go out and we would sing karaoke at the airport to veterans who hated us. <laughs> we would sing Hootie and the Blowfish. We'd end up back to back on the ground. <laughs> no. With a little love and some tenonea. <laughs> we would sing. And then we, the no. song would end. Dead silence. You know? Have you spoken to him since? I've seen him around a little bit. So. Does he acknowledge you or is he Hollywood? Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah. good. And he actually bought a case of meat for me. <laughs> so the goal, God willing, hopefully Michael Cox, who's the booker, will oh, like yeah. it. I hope. No, I Mike hope. Cox, you got to make it happen. But but what I want to do is before I would approach somebody like Michael, I want to make sure this is a bulletproof set. Oh, yeah, 100%. I want to make so he goes, yes, perfect, great story, yes. great, you know. So, because I have respect for his job. I don't want to fuck around. Yeah. So, I've been working on this set, and it's all about the meat. And it would be great, too, is if you do that. And this is my suggestion. Is when you when you book it, because you will, tell Michael this backstory and do it with Jimmy. That's the thing. That you should do it. And then you if I could do sing it. Hootie and the Blowfish with Jimmy. And, and Hootie some, comes out. Oh, my God. Yes. So, that's, that's the goal. And Can that's I go to that? One hundred percent, yes. You promise? Yeah. Oh my god, that sounds so. I I see it happening. I really do. It's gonna happen for you. That's awesome. So I've been working on it, and I'm in a lot. Like that's all I do. I think it's smart. You know, the one thing I've learned about myself is that um, someone I read this as well is that we're so good at doing a million little things that we rarely finish one. This is one. And it's important to focus on one thing. Like you can get little stuff done during the morning, but your goal should be the one thing. And I think that's really, it's a good practice. I might have to pick your brain about how I need to start. What are you going to, this is an idea. Is there anything that you go, I want to do this? Yeah. Well, with the the five minute thing for sure. Like I talked to Mike Cox. I talked to Mike Mike? Cox about it. Yeah. He wants me to talk about my dad, but I got to figure out how I can make this Alzheimer's thing something that's not tragic on a late night. It's so easy. Once you sit down, you're going to go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then I can move this joke. Can I show you what I've got sometime and we can talk about it? We can workshop it? I know, but I can tell you that it was easier than I thought and also harder than I thought. Yeah. Because it's like, at least in my opinion, I haven't done it yet, but the people I've talked to, it's like a law document. Every word, every nuance. Exactly. Means something. Right. The nuances are so important. The pauses, Mm -hmm. the timing, cadence, all of that that seems so um, second nature is actually something that is, you know, it's it's something that you've worked on. 
And that's yeah. what, you know, it feels robotic, but I guess, like you said, like you do it to get the, the, the sound of it down and all the lines down, and then you add those nuances once you know exactly where you're at. And because it's so robotic, it's hard because you're headlining somewhere in Wichita, <laughs> right? And you go, well, now I'm going to fit in my five-minute late-night set, and then they're looking at you like, but what happened to the Jesse? It was yes. Blah, blah, blah. So the key is, I'm learning, I don't know if it's right, is if I can do that five-minute late-night set in front of an audience that it's a different tempo and they laugh, it's then good. I, it's money. Yeah. It really is. Like, and I haven't done it yet, so I don't know. But, I mean, people have heard it, and I sent it to a couple of my Booker friends. I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. No, yeah. I, it's going to happen. I can feel it. And I just, like, I'm so excited about Hootie and the Blowfish. I'm excited to bring a case of meat to Jimmy. <laughs> he literally bought a case of meat, $167. And I think I can find a copy of the check. <gasps> and Keanu Reeves bought meat for me. I mean, yeah. I mean, Tuesday. I mean, it's Did amazing. he really? Yeah, he came out all drunk. What did he say? How did he, he sound? Just, dude, he, honestly, <laughs> the nicest guy ever. And I don't say all drunk, but he came out, he had a, uh, a dinner jacket on. Yeah. No, no shirt. shirt no shirt. Of, yes. And a scarf. <laughs> Swear on my life. I buzzed in his door. I could tell you where his house, like, honestly. And he came out and it was, oh. And I was like, <laughs> and the whole thing was, hey, you buy one, get one free. Honestly, don't tell your neighbors. I just got to get rid of this. I got to get, honestly, it's about six o'clock. My wife's in the chat and pregnancy. Like, whatever you would say. Yeah. And I was like, buy one, get one free. He's like, I don't want the free one. And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> and I'm not make, doing a bit. This is exactly what it was. $540, wrote a check, left it blank. And he goes, just give the free one to someone else. Whoa. The nicest guy ever. Who'd you give the free one to? I just kept it and sold it. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. Thank you, stepdad. <laughs> Where can my people find you? Uh, across all platforms at Josh Nassar, N-A-S-A-R, Nassar, all platforms. Anything else you want to pump before we get out of here and uh, you get my meats thawed? <laughs> I don't know if I told you this. I have the T-bones. It's the only bone in a bunch besides one of my pants. Well. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, again. <laughs> Dumb dad joke. No, nothing else. Because honestly, all I care about is late night set. And then I'm also trying to sell TV shows. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to be just fine. Thanks, Mom. I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun having you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Okay, I'm going to sleep. Oh, Crystal Lee just texted me back. That's weird. I guess he didn't text you. Hey. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.